Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right, let me know you're here, church, but not by coughing. <laughs> Say amen. Glad I'm in church. Aren't you glad you're in church? I tell you, I, honestly, there's times when that's my only, it's my only, only, you know, just knowing that I get to go to church and especially the last couple of days being sick, I was begging God, please help me to feel better. I don't want to stay in this house again, you know, and a cabin fever and oh man, you just don't know what to do with yourself, right? So thank God for church. I'm glad to be here tonight. Thank you for those of you who prayed for me and uh, praying for you. Join me in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you would. 2 Corinthians 5. Now, I'm not sure, of course, this is my first year with you, <clears throat> and it's not even been a year, so I'm not sure how you look at things. I'm not sure how you view the holidays. I'm not sure how you look at a new year. You know, I don't know if it's for some of you, it's a big deal. For, for others, it's just another day on the calendar. You know, I, I don't know. I know this, for me, I like to use um, moments like that, events such as a new year, uh, in my life to spur growth or to plan growth. You know, I asked the Lord, you know, where, you know, where I came up short in this previous year and um, some of the things he wanted me to do that I maybe, maybe didn't get done. And what is it, Lord, you have for me in this upcoming year? And so I promise you this as your pastor, just as a Christian, as your brother, in the Lord, uh, I try to do my best to prepare myself for an upcoming year. I want to see growth in my life this year. Amen. And I don't mean as a pastor, I mean as a Christian. Amen. I want to grow, Amen. right? I don't want to stand before the Lord one day because I know I'm going to and give an answer to him for what I didn't do with what he's given me, right? Because he's given each of us, you know, uh, a, a bunch of talents and gifts and responsibilities and truth. You know, and one day we're going to give an answer to him for what we've done with all of it. And so personally, I, I, I kind of, you know, the end of a year, I spend time alone with God and I do, I do some personal inventory, you know, things that I'm still holding on to, you know, things that I thought I let go, things that I thought were no longer important to me, things that I thought, you know, I really, I, I got this down, come to realize I was kidding myself. Jeremiah was right when he spoke about the heart being deceitful, <laughs> you know, and uh, we, we can deceive ourselves. And, uh, and so, and then what I do after I go through that, I say, now, Lord, what is it you have for me to do this upcoming year? What, what, what would you have me to study? What would you have me to learn? You know, books should I read? You know, and I, I really do a thorough um, job, at least I think I do, in planning for growth. And I hope you do the same. But I wanted to pause and talk tonight about the impact of Christmas. The impact of Christmas. Uh, look at this text of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be 
in Christ. Now, you know what that means, right? It's talking about our salvation. If any man be in Christ, you know, so he's talking to individuals who claim to be saved, right? So could he be speaking to us, right? We claim to be saved, and the way you get saved is to get in Christ. Just like Noah got into the ark, you know, and the ark took the judgment, we get in Christ, and Christ takes the, takes the judgment. If any man be in Christ, so if you're saying you're in Christ, then Paul said this, you're a new creature. Now, I know we're creatures, but we're a new creature. He says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, you know this. We can spend the rest of 2023 looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and probably need to revisit it in 2024 because there's a lot of old things. There's a lot of new things. There's old things that we need to kind of move away from and new things that we need to move toward in our lives. Isn't that right? And it's, it's kind of fluid. You know, I've, I've been at this for a long period of time and come to think, man, I, you know what? This year, Brother, Brother Riddell, I think I, I got it. And then all of a sudden, man, uh, more things, new things. And, you know, it's just fluid, right? And there's never going to be a time while you and I are here on this earth where we can say, man, I've arrived. You may think you have, but once you think you have, somebody's going to share with you the fact that you haven't, you know, because there is no arriving while we're here. A couple weeks ago, I preached the message on a Sunday morning, and I entitled it, I forget. No, that's not the title. I forgot what I, what I entitled it. But I remember the text. It was, out of, it was out of Matthew chapter number 2. Flip that, if you would, and verse number 12. And uh, we said this in verse 12, uh, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country, and I highlighted in the message the words Another way. Another way. I, I don't remember what I preached that Sunday. Uh, God will make a way. I think that's what it was. Uh, and, but in that text of Scripture, you know, Luke highlights, or Matthew highlights the fact that the, the kings from the east came from one direction, but in going back to the east, God led them in a different direction, another way correct? And that, that another way just seems different. That's it. There's no other way to look at it. Different. And so pay attention here. They went, they went a different way. But I made this application. They may have also been different as they left. Isn't that right? And, and that is, why is that? Because meeting Jesus always causes a change. You can't, you can't come into contact with Christ and be the same after you leave. It, it just, it's just not possible. Everyone in the Bible who came in contact with Jesus was never the same after they came in contact with him. And that's why that verse says there in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is, he's new. He's different. A change has occurred. Boy, I wish the whole church was here tonight. I really do. I, I, I hate to preach to remnants when everybody needs truth. When God lays a message like this on my heart, and by the way, this was laid on my heart early in the morning when I couldn't sleep. It's for everybody, so you need to take it and share it. Amen? Uh, 
but the idea is this, when you come to meet Jesus, you're never going to be the same. A life change is going to occur. And I was thinking about this. Another Christmas, is, another Christmas has come and gone. Another Christmas has come and gone. Or has it? Or has it? Uh, if Christmas is just a holiday, then yes, it's just another one in the books, right? I mean, we were planning for it and decorated for it and wrapped gifts for it, and all of a sudden it came and went, and I didn't even enjoy it because I was sick, you know? Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. In fact, if everything was good, I'd be preaching in Florida tonight. Instead, you got me here in New Jersey. I was supposed to head out of town, but nonetheless, here I am. Uh, but for many, you know, many, it's just back to life. Now, pay attention right here. Waiting for the next holiday. Huh? If Christmas is just a holiday, and for many it is, then December 26th or 7th, it's just back to life waiting for the next holiday. It's just the way it is. Uh, and that's the way it is with holidays. They come and go. But, say, say, but. But, you know, you know that word but implies? Huh? Something else, or a significant change is about to occur. But. Huh? I love that pie. But. A significant change is about to occur. That's a tremendous sermon, but it was just a little bit too long, you know. Uh, but, listen, holidays are that way. They come and go, but events, events are different. Events are different. Events can have an impact. Events can make a difference. In fact, sometimes events come to stay. And Christmas is not a holiday. It was an event. It was an event. We, talk, we talked about that, oh, I don't know, a couple, couple Wednesday nights ago. We talked about the purpose of Christmas. We talked about the incarnation of Christ. Why Christmas? You know, just to give us a time to celebrate a baby's birth? Just so we can gather together and sing songs and give gifts and decorate trees? And I mean, that's all wonderful. You know? Why, but why Christmas? Why the incarnation? And I remember in the, in the Bible study, I shared several reasons with you. I, I mentioned this. Uh, one of the reasons of the incarnation of Christ Christmas was to redeem humankind. Isn't that what the Bible says? Amen. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, a better way to look at it is this. Jesus Christ came to become us. Yeah. And he became us to save us. And he saved us so that we might become him. Don't ask me to repeat that again. But that's truth. That's truth. Huh? So uh, Christmas isn't just a holiday. It's a life-changing event, and it, it, it came to stay. And one of the reasons Christ came was to redeem humankind. Another reason was, and I shared this with you, was to show us the Father. To show us the Father. Now, I don't know how you feel about this, but... Don and I, we've enjoyed watching that, that series called The Chosen. Have any of you ever seen that? I'm not, real, I'm not a real big guy, a real supportive guy on movies made about the Bible. 
except for the Ten Commandments. I love that movie. You know, one of the all favorites, but I love that movie. But some of the other ones about Jesus and all that, they just were really not biblical and, and really, I don't know, yeah, just made Jesus either look, either looked uh, kind of feminine, you know, or secular, worldly. Are you with me? But man, everybody's talking to me about The Chosen. And so, I, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, we watched the first season. And man, I said, well, I liked it. It was pretty good. You know, pretty good truth. I really couldn't find too much fun. And then I watched the second season. I was impressed even more. And then just recently, Don and I <clears throat> began watching the third season. And I think we've watched, oh, I don't know, two or three episodes. And now I have to say this because that's the way I feel. And since I'm doing the Bible study, I guess I can say it. <clears throat> the fellow they cast to play Jesus does a tremendous job. He really does. And I said this before when I watched season number two, how he adds personality, you know, and he just kind of makes, he makes Jesus real, you know. I picked this up the other night. I was watching the first episode of the third season, I think, and, and one of the, of course, one of the followers of Christ was Simon the Zealot. And so you know what Jesus calls him? Z. He refers to him as Z. He don't say Simon. He say the zealot. He says, hey, Z. You know, last night I'm watching an episode, and Jesus is in, in town, and, and uh, he's visiting with his mom, and his mom tells him that Lazarus, Mary, and Martha are in town. And so Jesus gets all excited. I haven't seen, I haven't, he says, I haven't seen Laz in a while. And I thought, man, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. He, 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 try, he tried to break away from the religious piety and the stuffiness and the tradition that hang, hangs nooses around people's necks and sends them to hell by being personal, you know, and by being real and by, by being genuine. And here's what I thought, Rich, as I sat last night and watched that episode knowing what I was preaching tonight, I thought, if Jesus came to show us the Father... Mm, man, how good our Father is. Amen. How good our Father is. If Jesus came to show me what the Father was like, man, I can't wait to meet him in person. Amen. Huh? Why did he come? See, Christmas is more than a holiday. It's an event. It's a life-changing event. Jesus Christ came to redeem humankind, to show us the Father. And then I, I remember sharing this, to set an example to follow. Right? He set a perfect example for us to follow. And so it was, it was an event, and it made an impact. Now, now, pay attention right here. At first, it appeared that everything went back to normal. Right? You read the story. All this hullabaloo. I mean, everybody's coming to town. You know, you got, you know, you got shepherds and you got angels and you got, you got kings from the east. And you, I remember we talked about that, the Christmas story with all the characters and all, you know, the surroundings. And, but after, after the birth, right? After the birth, you read, you read the Bible, right? After the birth of Christ, I mean, there's a lull. Everybody just kind of goes back to, everything's normal. 
the shepherds go back to shepherding, the kings go back to kinging, and the angels go back to angeling, and the innkeepers go back to keeping the inns, and the animals move back into the stable, and everything gets back to normal. And we don't meet Jesus again for 12 years. Right? There's nothing said about him. Uh, nothing said about him. Right from the time he's born, now he's 12, and where is he at? Now he's in the temple, right? He's teaching as a 12-year-older in the temple. He's commenting on the law with religious leaders, right? And, of course, there's a little story there. We preached about that. Have you lost Jesus? Remember the family heading back and thought Jesus was in the crowd and left him back at the temple, all that kind of stuff. But then there's another law. And you don't hear or see or read anything about Jesus until he's now 30 years old. He's being introduced by a fellow named John, his cousin, the baptizer, and he begins his public ministry. Hello? Isn't that right? So it appeared, it appeared like everything just went, here's Christmas, this big event. You know, Jesus Christ comes to seek and to save the lost, to show us the Father to set an example, but it just seemed like everything just went back to normal. Or did it? Or did it? It didn't, because God was doing some wonderful things in the process to develop the ministry of Christ. And I think this, I think the greatest visible impact revealed to us in the New Testament is in the lives of his followers. Those New Testament disciples, you know, you, you, you read this, we, we, we read this together as Jesus begins his ministry, he gathers that team together, right? Huh? Isn't it awesome? Uh, have you watched The Chosen? Colin, did you see The Chosen? Isn't it amazing? I was talking to Tyler about this, and I'm not advocating this show. I get nothing from it, I promise you. But it's amazing when I look at the characters, the cast in that, that's exactly how I pictured Peter. It really is. Uh, I watched an episode the other night. Did you watch the episode where Jesus is speaking to James? And he says to James this. He says, James, I could heal you right now. But a better testimony is if you go out and do ministry without being healed. He said, eventually you're going to get healed. You are going to get healed. But the better testimony is for you to go out without being healed, and heal people, because then they'll really know of your faith in me. Man, that was deep. That was deep. And I thought to myself, the best way, the, the impact of Christ has been revealed to us is in the lives of his team members, of those New Testament disciples, his followers. And you know this, they were all unique in their personality. Even the brothers, James and John, they were so different, you know? But even amongst their, their, their differences and their uniqueness, there were similarities. Let me share with you three similarities. If you, if you, if you take notice to these individuals reading in the Scriptures, I, are you guys, you guys with me? They came from a common place. They came from a common place in life. There's nothing special about where they came from. Uh, there was nothing from their lives that would cause Jesus to choose them. There was nothing about them that drew Jesus to Are you listening real good? That drew Jesus to them. Not at all. 
Nothing. Uh, there was nothing they could, there was nothing about them that they could boast or brag. There was nothing that they can say, well, the reason Jesus chose me was because this is what I bring to the table. No, not at all. No, the, sim- the thing they had, in, they had a kind of like and similar was that they all came from a common place in life. In fact, in fact, when you read through the, the New Testament, Jesus would remind them all the time that he chose them on purpose. And what he kind of hints to is this, I chose you because God's glory can be revealed through your weakness. Isn't that good? Another similarity is this, they personally, they personally decided to follow Jesus. They personally decided to follow Jesus. Each made the decision for themselves to follow the Lord. It wasn't because, it wasn't because one of their friends was going to church. You know, I mean, there's a lot of that testimony. Uh, how'd you get saved? Well, I'm on my friend said, why don't you come to church? I went to church. I rode the bus. I got in the van. I jumped in the back. And No, it's not the way it was. It wasn't because, it, now pay attention right here. It wasn't because it was mom and dad's plan for them one day to follow Jesus. You've heard this before, preacher, right? Mommy called, daddy sent. There's a lot of men in the ministry that never made it because it was the desire of their parents, not the desire of God. Huh? That wasn't the case for the disciples. No, it it seems when you read the scriptures, they they each were drawn to Jesus on their own, and they each made a decision on their own to be one of his followers. Huh? Similarities came from a common place in life. They personally decided to follow Jesus. And then I thought about this, and it's very visible. They allowed Jesus to become the Lord of their life. They allowed Jesus to become the Lord of their life. And I like this. I I marvel at this, and I enjoy this fact, that it happened over time. Because if I, if I was reading my New Testament time and I began to see where Peter got saved, I mean, the very next day he's preaching, he's like a giant in the faith, and then I'd see myself, I'd say, man, alive, there's something wrong with me. But that's not the way it happened with any of them. Hello? No, he became the Lord of their life over time. And when you read through the story, it was, it was gradual. It was one step of faith at a time, one trust moment after the other. And that's just the way it is, right? You give God a little bit of your, your life, and he does so good with it that you give him a little bit more, and before you know it, he, he has more of you than you have of you. Amen. And that's the way it ought to be. Amen. That's the way it ought to be <laughs> until he becomes Lord. See, that, that's, the, that's the impact of Christmas. The impact of Christmas. It, 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 it will not leave you. And it'll not leave you the same. Right? Amen. There it is, right? Christmas, come and gone. Or has it? Or has it? You know, the team allowed Jesus to work in their life, become their Lord. And let me ask you a question. Turn the corner and we're going to finish. Think about this with me, church. What place, what place does God have in your life? What place does the Lord have in your life? Think about it right now. I want everybody, every one of us, just think about it. 
What place does the Lord have in our life? You know, it's wonderful that we've opened our heart to him, but we, we, we might want to consider opening our life to him. Right? Just opening our life to him. And that's because your placement of God in your life will make all the difference. Where you place God in your life will make the difference. You got to believe that. Huh? And that'll dictate your direction for the upcoming year, and it'll dictate the outcome of your upcoming year. Where you place God in your life. Amen? Amen. Is he just going to be on the list, or is he going to be the list? That's up to you. I want you to think about this as we close, and I was going to ask you to come forward, but I'm not because I don't want anybody getting sick. So just stay where you're at. But I really want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. I want you to take some time to prepare your heart as a place where God can work. Over the next couple of days, Sunday morning, I'm not sure yet which direction the Lord's going to lead me in the message and pray about so many different things. Of course, I'm going to, January 8th is our theme, our vision, so I'm staying clear away from that. But Sunday, I'm going to preach something about the new year. It's New Year's Day, right? But over, over the next couple of days, maybe... Just get alone with God and prepare your heart. Let it be a place where God can work when he wants to work. Not if, but when he wants to work. Uh, maybe, maybe it's time to release more of your life to him. Are you listening real good? Wouldn't it be great if the whole church was here tonight hearing this? Amen. Maybe I'll preach the same thing on Sunday morning. Maybe it's time for us to release more of our life to him. You know, every one of us, we hold on to certain parts. Huh? Maybe it's time to trust God and see what he'll do with more of you. <laughs> Amen? Huh? I remember years ago, I used to pray, Lord, I'm praying for missionaries, but I never want to go to the mission field. I want to stay right here in America. Until I went to the mission field. And God took away all the fear. And then I began to pray, Lord, I'll stay if you want me to stay. I'll stay. I... And then he would say to me every once in a while, no, I need you to go back. You can do more for me back there than here. Are you with me? Amen. Huh? And it's amazing how, you know, sometimes the things we fear the most is what God wants to get a hold of in your heart and your life and use his glory and honor. So maybe over the next couple of days, church, you'll prepare yourself and prepare your heart as a place where God can work. Release more of yourself to him, and then by faith, just sit back and watch what God will do with more of you. More of you, right? You know what I mean by that? Not more of us, but more of you. And it's amazing what he can do. I like that song, Take My Life and Let It Be. Would you play that, Carrie? Let's bow together, church. Again, I don't want you to come forward but right where you are, if you'll just consider, consider this thought. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. I would hope that's the prayer of your heart. Lord, I want my life to be yours. Use it however you will. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. 
If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.